0: Hello, I'm Paul Cromford, an old fool that there's no fool like. And I'm saying any fool can start an avalanche. That is of course literally true, but I was also thinking figuratively of initiating a sequence of events that quickly triggers a whole mountainside of other events that you didn't intend. The subject of this plaint is Mytherd, my audio sketch series featuring tetchy little Clint and laconic Harry. To be honest, I initially thought their misadventures would occupy three or four sketches before I either got bored with them, or ran out of steam. But dagnabbit! They've kept on putting out unexpected new shoots in all sorts of directions, and we've got ourselves a whole saga developing here. The instalment in this edition of Any Fool Can is the last one of the season, but if I'm spared, I can foresee my just running and running, year after year. Anyway... THE STORY SO FAR Iris, a portmadoc woman we'll never meet, has had a surprise visit from her good friend Mrs. Eastworth, whose cantankerous son Clint has been rescued from destitution in Fairbourne by Aaron and Phineas, whose arch-criminal paymaster Mr. Melchizedek has decided to fly from Romania to England with his right-hand man Eli. The architect of these events, the shady American Harry Giggleswick, has recently discovered the futility of trying to get rid of Clint, who has re-entered Harry's life at some services on the M700 motorway in Cheshire. I think that covers everyone so far.
1: Yes, Mum. And when's Iris going to drive you back home? Right, so you can make a weekend of it. That'll be nice for you. Aye, I'm back in the motor home. Talk about coincidence. Yes, well, it's a bit of a story. I'll tell you the whole thing when I get home. Oh aye, Mum. I'm finding myself, as you might say. Fit as a flea. Mind you, I do have a few bruised ribs, gashed knuckles, a sore belly, and probably the makings of a shiny, but it's only to be... Sorry? How? Well, the poke in the face happened when Mr. Giggleswick decided to leave the motorway and head south into Shropshire. Obviously I wanted to carry on to the Pennines, and, and I tried to persuade Mr. Giggleswick to let me take over the driving. What? No. No, south. Into Shropshire. Aye. And then I got the jab to the belly when Mr. Giggleswick lost his way and started to head towards Shrewsbury. Exactly, of all places. So I tried to tell him, and I tried to get him out of the driving seat. I know, but me blood was up.
2: Hell, is this all we've got?
1: Sorry, Mum? Aye, that was him moaning about so much. Anyway, then we ran out of fuel just outside town, and I got the gashes and the bruises when I fell over while we were pushing this damned thing onto the roadside. Don't know, but it's a fairly quiet road. Might be the b five o six two. So we'll definitely be here for the night. Oh, Mum, before I forget, I'm afraid I've lost your corn plasters. Yes, they're in the hands of the FBI now, so you'll have to catch some from Iris. That's right, the FBI. Like I said, it's a bit of a story. I'll tell you later. Got to go now, Mum. My battery's dying. Bye for now.
2: Okay, Frosty. You said we're only a couple of miles outside this Shrewsbury place, so let's start walking.
1: Are you stupid or just hard of hearing? I told you. This is Saturday afternoon and Shrewsbury Town are at home. It'll be a no-go area.
2: Hey, humour me a moment and explain what you just said.
1: It's called football. It's a sport. And Shrewsbury's got the most vicious, violent, lawless fans north of Millwall. The town'll be looted and firebombed again tonight. It's always the same when they're fighting to avoid relegation or when they're about to get promoted. Oh, yeah? You and I go plodding into town from here this evening. We'd be lambs to a slaughter. No reason needed. They'd pulverise you for being tall. And they'd spifflicate me for being... less tall. Or we might be lucky and get away with just a Molotov wedgie.
2: A Molotov?
1: Don't ask. And thanks to you, I already look as if I'm spoiling for a fight. So I'm not setting foot towards Shrewsbury tonight. But if you want a chance it, Mr. Giggleswick, bloody well be my guest.
2: Hmm... Okay. It's a cosy night in, then. Swell. You know, I've checked the food cupboard and that dinky little fridge, and we ain't exactly spoiled for choice.
1: What have we got to eat?
2: Six. Count em, Six. Little doodads by the name of Walnut Whip. Coffee flavour, apparently. What else? Nothing.
1: Oh, brilliant. Well, what about fluids? There must be summat to drink.
2: Yeah, there's drink. There's a bottle of Vat 69 whiskey.
1: No spring water? No cans of fizz?
2: Nope. I think your mom was planning to do some shopping in Fairborn before events took the uh, unusual turn that they did.
1: Oh, walnut whips and Vat 69 This is what comes of getting mixed up with with sodding Butch Cassidy. Shut up and
2: have a doodad, Frosty.
0: Evening became night. The walnut whips were scoffed. Harry's burger and fries came back. The whiskey went down. Down.
1: Um, So those two blokes weren't FBI agents? Nope. They were hoodlums. Yep, they work for the guy that I double-crossed. And they were quite likely to start cutting bits off me.
2: Frosty, from what I know of those two, by now they should have been shipping what was left of you off to Purina for dog food. Ah, them's the brakes.
1: Pass that bottle. What did you steal, you treacherous rogue?
2: Think I'm gonna tell you? Huh.
1: Well, keep it secret, then. It's no skin off my nose.
2: Hmm. To tell you the truth, I don't rightly know what they are, or what they do. But I know what they're called, I know where I hid them, and I know what they're worth.
1: Aaron said so much about three million.
2: Ha! And the rest, short stuff. In the right market, with the right bidder, I'll be in clover for the rest of my life. Hell. I could buy me a small country. Brunei might be up for grabs one of these days.
1: What? With three to five million dollars? Or quid, or whatever? You crackers!
2: I think you've got yourself a fundamental misunderstanding of the situation
1: there. Well, it's none of my business, and a good thing too. I see the sky over Shrewsbury's glowing well now. Molotovs? Aye, St. Julian's Church will probably go up in smoke again tonight. That used to be a craft centre. If there's one thing that antagonises a Shrewsbury Town fan more than being a fan of Shrewsbury Town, it's losing a craft centre.
2: Yeah, well, that's reasonable provocation.
1: You know, I'm mystified about that Aaron and that Phineas. Why? Well, giving me all this money when we stopped at them services. There's... there's a hundred and fifty quid here. All right, granted, they cleared off and left me as soon as me back was turned. But if they're such shady characters, why didn't they behave like it? Beats me, Frosty.
2: Most of the people they pick up tend to leave with a few non-essential parts missing, if they're really lucky. But you, they leave intact and they even throw in what I'm guessing was your cab fare home.
1: Maybe they liked all the dirt I was dishing on you, you devious rascal.
2: Even so, they should have at least fed you one of your own toes just for effect. This being lenient and generous, it don't fit their profile.
1: It bothers me. Sorry to disappoint you, Mr Giggleswick. Anyway, it's me for bed shortly, cos I've had a trying day and it's a long walk into town in the morning to catch a train home.
2: Oh yeah, I'm gonna need to walk in too.
1: Picking up some diesel for this thing.
2: Hey, do I look dumb? Gonna leave this here, take my chances with trains and buses.
1: You can't do that, it's rude. And what about your security deposit? Skip it.
2: Anyway, I paid that with your mom's card. She's very trusting, your
1: mom. You did what?
2: Hell, I used your name to make the transaction, didn't you know?
1: I'm speechless all over again. How could... how... How can you be so casual, just standing there rummaging in your overnight bag as if that's more important?
2: Right now, Frosty, this is more important. I'm missing something.
1: A few marbles, if you ask me. My wash bag isn't here. Oh, dear. Perhaps the demons in the shower cubicle have got it. Already checked in there. It's gone.
2: I had it earlier today, and it's gone now. Oh, great. Me mum? Has to be. Your cockamamie mum. She packed it with her own stuff when she got off. Outstanding.
1: Oh, well. Accidents will happen.
2: Accident? You don't accidentally ransack someone else's bags. Nah, she knew what she was about.
1: Ha! How are you going to get through the night without your face, Flannel?
2: That ain't the point. (sighs) Well, nothing else for it. I need to come back to your mom's house, and I need to get in there without the likes of Aaron and Phineas knowing about it.
1: You what? Oh, no, Mr. Giggleswick. You've had your fun with my family. I'm not going to let you back into our lives without a fight.
2: That's so. Okay, thanks for the offer.
1: Oh! Right, that does it.
0: And as the motorhome begins to sway gently from the momentum of two brawling occupants, we leave our story for now. What is the significance of Mrs. Eastworth's petty pilfering? All will be revealed. Eventually. Next week, Any Fool Can resumes the story Evangeline's Echo, part of my underwater series Forever Blowing Bubbles. Part one was in Any Fool Can Stay Flippant, Season 2, Episode 22. The second part will upload next Thursday, the 28th of October. See you then. Bye for now. Any Fool Can is a Paul Crumford production. I am that man. I created the characters and sketches heard in this podcast, and I hereby assert my moral rights to their ownership.